Money FM 89.3, the best of Saturday mornings. Good morning and welcome to our 10 o'clock hour on the show today. Glenn and Neil with you all the way up until noon. And uh, the SEA Games will be held from the 5th to the 17th of May in Phnom Penh coming up next week, this coming week. Uh, so Ryu Yong is the holder of four national records, the 5,000 meter, the 10,000 meter, half marathon, the marathon. In 2017, he became the first Singaporean male to win back-to-back SEA game titles when he won a gold again in the marathon and Southeast Asian uh, uh, at, at the SEA Games. So we'll see if, he, um, if he's going to be able to do it again, heading back there after a five-year absence. Quite a quite a special lad. We're trying to get him on the phone now. Yes, we are. But because he's based in the UK, he's mm. just this second informed me that if he wants us to call him on WhatsApp, we should use the UK number. And if he wants us to call us on a regular phone, he should use a Singapore number. Ah. So we are now going with the Singapore number. But Our... yes, so Ray Yong, just to give you a bit of background, national records in 5,000 metres, 10,000 metres, half marathon, and the marathon. In 2017, so became the first Singaporean male marathoner to win back-to-back SEA Games titles. And well, he's let's back see. in the SEA Games after five years. Let's let's see if he's uh, if he's with us now. Ryu Yong, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, Hello. there you go. We got finally hey. got the right phone number for you. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to Money FM. Welcome to Saturday mornings. Congratulations on on getting and nearly getting on the plane and getting ready to go over to Cambodia. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Are you excited? Uh, well, I've been there twice before, so I'm, I, I must say that the first time was definitely the most exciting. Uh, now you're just kind of like, oh, it's part of the job kind of thing. So <laughs> it's not, not necessarily, but of course it's always a privilege and an honor and all that to, to put on the national jersey and give your best for Singapore. So on that part, yes, I am excited. Fantastic. And Ray Yong, just for the benefit of our listeners, you're back after a five-year absence. Just give us a quick recap of your recent bio and what happened. Uh, I mean, long story short, I represented Singapore in 2015 and 2017 in the marathon. Uh, I was lucky enough to win both times. And then I haven't represented Singapore since 2017 over a number of like non-selection um, controversies. But I mean, it's good to put all that in the past now. And I'm glad to be representing Singapore again and moving forward from here. So, yeah, I, I think long story short, parties managed to move move on. And I'm very grateful to the Singapore National Olympic Council for helping us close the chapter on this. Fantastic. And now previously, of course, and you have the national records in the marathon. That's what you did previously. But this year, you're only, and I put only in inverted commas, yeah. you're only <laughs> doing the 5,000 metres and the 10,000 metres. Wow. Why the switch? Uh, well, the switch was because, I, I mean, the switch was because last year, I mean, I wanted to take, after setting the national record in the marathon in December 2021, uh, I wanted to go back into shorter distances in 2022 to work on my speed so that I could improve my efficiency and my speed so when I come back to the marathon in the future, I'll be able to run faster. Hmm. And also because I started going to law school last year, so running shorter distances kind of allowed me to spend less hours on training and more hours in school. I mean, that was also a very practical reason for that. Yeah. But I managed to qualify in the 5,000 meters and the 10,000 meters, so that was great. And then I didn't run a marathon in the qualifying window, which was unfortunate. Um, so actually we're not sending any marathoners to the games this year, but I hope to change that in two years time by qualifying for the Bangkok Sea Games and hopefully making a full comeback. And if I can go to the Bangkok Sea Games and win a gold medal, that'll be 
10 years after my first gold medal in Singapore. Wow. So that would be quite a nice fairytale ending to the whole process. We're talking to Ray Young So, um, who is the Singaporean long-distance runner, SEA uh, Games double gold medalist, heading back to Cambodia this coming week. So just to clarify, which events will you be competing in uh, this next week and two weeks? It'll be the, the 5,000 meters and the 10,000 meters. So okay, so 5K and 10K. Yeah, got it. Sure. You will do those. What do you expect to run? What kind of time do you expect to run in those? I would say that my best times in these events was 14.44 and 31 minutes and 12 seconds. Uh, 14.44 for the 5K, 31.12 for the 10K. I would say I'm in similar kind of shape to try and challenge those marks, but at the SEA Games, it's always more about tactics and, you know, some strategies involved rather than just running all out from the gun and going for a time. So on that side, it's going to be a bit hard to predict the, the winning times, but I'm willing to just give it, give it a good go and put myself mm. in the mix. Mm. For a medal, hopefully, yeah. Yeah, Rayong, let's have a, a bit of Kiasu context for our listeners. Where do, where do those times stack up in terms of your regional rivals? Mm. Do you expect to be among the medals? I mean, what is your personal plan, ambition? I would say my season's best only puts me at about maybe 7th or 8th. They're kind of uh, seeded positions for these two events. So not as high as, obviously, what I would have hoped. I'll definitely look to punch a bit higher at the games because, you know, obviously only three people get a medal. So if I'm seated seven or eight, I will need to beat the number of people who are seated ahead of me. So that will always be the goal. But, you know, in sports, you don't, they don't give out the medals till you, fin- you cross that finish line. That's what I'm going to shoot for. Yeah. And Rayong, when you go to a foreign country like this, let's in this case going to Cambodia, are there environmental factors there like like the heat, like air quality, things like that, the actual course itself that will impact you? And, and if so, what do you know about the course in Cambodia that you're going to face? Well, I mean, 5,000 meters and 10,000 meters on the track. So Got it. it's, pretty, it's predictable on, on that sense. But you are right that if I was running a marathon, the course would pretty much be kept a secret until like one day before the race, which is always like quite kind of disorienting. So oh. when I competed in... Singapore and Malaysia, we didn't already know the course until the last minute. So that was what led to certain problems and uncertainties can definitely affect athletes negatively. But I think part of that is also how you deal with it. If you deal with it better than anyone else, you get an advantage rather than disadvantage. Mm. Um, you also have to avoid like, you know, stuff like food poisoning because obviously in the games village, mm. uh, it's, not, it's not, quite as, um, <laughs> not quite as first world as Singapore. So you do right. have to watch out for certain things and take precautions, not to fall sick before your race. Mm. And yeah, I think th- those are the usual things to look out for. Heat, all this, I mean like, yes, it affects you, but it affects everyone. So you just got to find a way to deal with it. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Ray Yong, you mentioned there you're currently balancing a law degree in the UK, I believe. Yes. With your training, yeah. which is why you switched to 5,000 and 10,000. You know, one of the common complaints we hear on this show is you can't do both. You either study or you train. It's impossible to do both. It's that Kiasu attitude. It's why so many parents <laughs> are still reluctant to let mm. their kids play particular sports. Mm. What would you say to that? The, the thing about school is, you know, it's a culture. Um, and in Singapore, especially when you're graded on a bell curve in university, if everyone... Like, it's a mugger. Mugger is the word for, you know, you study, like, insane number of hours a day, maybe 12 hours a day or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we have that culture in Singapore because from young, we're brought up to, you know, academics is the be-all and end-all of your existence. You know, you either get a straight A for your A-levels and you have a good career, or if not, uh, your life is not quite as straightforward. I mean, that kind of attitude carries over into Singapore University, so everyone is, like, really it's so competitive. Everyone wants to get an edge on your on your classmates, you know, to get the first class honors, all that kind of stuff. So when everyone has that like very cutthroat mentality and attitude, 
it makes it very hard to have any like real passions or interests outside of of studies because if you're studying so many hours a day, you can't. You can, I mean, you don't even have time to sleep. You don't have time to do a sport seriously. You don't have time to recover, and becomes it becomes it almost becomes the mindset of oh, if I spend two three hours a day doing sport, which is what you need to do to mm. achieve a high level, mm. you're, that's two three hours a day where I'm lagging behind my peers in studies. Whereas I do feel that when I study in the UK, I mean, Neil will know this because Neil was from the UK, but it's a lot more of a holistic existence. If, you have, if you're, you're doing mm. a sport, it's actually considered quite cool. Uh, it's considered, you know, part of a holistic development. And when I'm applying for internships and stuff there, I, I do feel like the HR departments I speak to or the recruiters I speak to take a genuine interest. In, oh, he's, this person seems like a well-balanced individual. Like he's pursuing a degree. He's also pursuing sport. And I, just, and I just don't quite feel that here in Singapore. Yeah. So I, I just think that it's a different culture, yeah. We love that, uh, those comments. And, and I don't think they should offend anybody. I think they should challenge everyone to have a better mindset about the importance of sport. We all know team sports, individual sports develop people in a very, very positive way. And Neil and I, over the years, have been, uh, you know, we've had a lot of athletes come on the show and talk about that. And and I would also say, Neil's been here nearly 30 years, I've been here 20 years, that I've definitely seen a change in mindset. It is changing for the better. Yes. Uh, over, over the past five, eight years especially. And so we, we are seeing this, but what's it going to take to finally push that over you know, over the over the mark, we've talked about sponsorships uh, for sports so that athletes can actually be paid, so they don't have to have a second job, for example, uh, things like that. But from your perspective, wh- how do we need to further push this, literally and figuratively, over the goal line to make Singapore a truly sporting nation? Well, I think I mean that's a uh, it's not a it's not something that I can answer in like next one or two minutes because sure. I mean, ministers have tried. You know, like entire like Sports Singapore has tried. You know, like various authorities with a lot of power and funding have tried, and they haven't been able to find any solutions, or like rather very slow moving solutions. Mm. So, I mean, the number one thing will be time, obviously. Um, but I'm, I'm, I, you know, you, you're talking about like professional athletes and sponsorships. I'm not even asking for that at the moment. I'm just asking for like a, a more like holistic education, a more like. A better understanding, you know, if you have to work a job, I mean, like, let's, let's just concede that not everyone is going to be sponsored, right? So, if you have to work a job and do a sport, then, you know, being able to do that without being judged as, you know, a lesser worker or someone with, who's too free, who is able to, like, do stuff outside the office. Because I do feel that, you know, let's say in the UK, like, if you are doing well in something outside the office, it's actually considered kind of cool, like, you're quite a well-balanced person. But in Singapore, if you do too well in something outside the office, it's almost like, hey, this guy has not enough work to do, is it? Like, how come, how come he can do so well in things outside of work? Um, <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's, I feel like there's a bit of that mindset. Mm. Uh, obviously, not everywhere. I'm sure some places are more understanding than others. But in, in ma- the majority of the places, I do feel that that's the mindset, which is why our athletes find it so hard to continue because a lot of them genuinely like the sport. They want to continue. And if they can't be sponsored, they're willing to work a job and do sport in their free time. And that's not easy because you're working like eight, nine hours yeah. and then you travel to training and then you train two hours and then to face that kind of like negative uh, perception at work. That, that, that's why many people just stop because it's not worth it to sacrifice your career mm. or your promotion mm. um, just to do a sport that doesn't pay, you know? So I think that's, that's, uh, that's why people end up being very pragmatic. Hmm. Rayong, you're helping to change that perception. You are managing both the studies 
and the training. And you're a veteran now. You won't mind me saying it. I think you're 31 years old. So you're one yeah. of the veterans in the SEA Games camp. You know, what advice or suggestions do you give to other SEA Games participants? I'm sure many look to you now as the veteran of the group. Some of them were in primary school, secondary school when you first started this. What do they learn from you or what advice do you pass on to them? Well, to be honest, I haven't really... I, yesterday we had a meet and greet session at the stadium, so I think that was the first time I've met many of these younger athletes. Like, you know, the, like Mark Bryan Lewis, our 100-meter guy, yesterday was my first time meeting him, for example, even though I've seen him complete, obviously, quite often. So it's one of those things where, if you ask me this after the games, I'll be able to give you a better answer, but I think really, I think a lot of maybe feel the pressure, or they might, might feel that a competition like CMs is not as big, nor as points to make it out to be. You know, just keep a very like level-headed approach. Whether or not you medal, whether or not you win or lose, life is going to continue the same the next day. I mean, like when I won my medals, it's not as if life changed overnight. You know, it's like obviously there are some perks. Obviously, you get an elevated profile, but the life pretty much you're just going to wake up like you no know, two months from now. You're still going to be doing exactly the same thing, which is you not know, doing your life going to school, going to work, going to NS or whatever, and doing your sport. So yeah, life doesn't change all that much. Mm. Don't worry too much. <laughs> Don't awesome. worry too much. Good advice. Yeah, we are yeah. wishing you all the best, uh, Rayong. Uh, so in your 5,000 and 10,000 meter uh, runs coming up in the SEA Games in Phnom Penh next week and the week after, good luck to you. We hope you do well and hope you, we, you achieve your goals and we'll come back and talk to us afterward. Thank you very much. Happy to be on the show. Have a good day, guys. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.